Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Stephen Knight. I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today's show, we're talking about pets and rental properties. Now, Grace, a listener of the show, sent me an email asking us to look into a couple of tenancy tribunal cases. And it appears to give the tenants the right to have pets, no matter what is in your tenancy agreement. Now, I know this is something a lot of property investors care about. So, Andrew, What's been the deal with pets and rental properties in the past? So lots of landlords, particularly if you have got a newer property or a nice property, they don't want to have tenants with pets in there because they're worried about damage that that might lead to. And so if you put a no pets clause in your tenancy agreement, then you're thinking, okay, if the tenant has a pet, they're in breach of the tenancy agreement, I will ask them to get rid of the pet. But now it appears that there may be some, I'm going to call it judicial activism from the tenancy tribunal. So December last year, 2022, there was an interesting case in Palmerston North where a tenant had guinea pigs. And I didn't know people still had guinea pigs. Did you know, apparently overseas, I'm sure it's illegal to have guinea pigs. No. I'm pretty sure. No, that's just made up. Did I make that up? Yeah. Why would they do that? They have hamsters, not guinea pigs. Well, that's not, that's not, that's just because that's what's there. Oh, maybe it's illegal to have hamsters in New Zealand. Uh, you're off your head. I'm going to Google this quickly, and this will either make great content or, yeah. will, be, or will be edited out. I'm pretty sure. Are hamsters illegal NZ? See, now Why you're... are hamsters illegal in NZ? No, yeah. MPI explained it had not investigated the risks around hamsters, unlike other players, blah, 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 blah. Hamsters eat bugs, plants, yeah. Six-year-old seeks answers for NZ hamster ban. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure hamsters. Anyway. So hamsters were illegal. David will either cut that out or leave it in. So hamsters are illegal in New Zealand, so this guy's got guinea pigs. And there was a clause in the tenancy agreement that said no pets. And it did go to the tenancy tribunal, and the adjudicator basically said, nope, the tenant can keep these guinea pigs. So you might think, well, how does that work? They signed a contract. They signed a tenancy agreement. They said no pets. They've got pets. How come they can keep them? And it's important to remember that adjudicators at the Tenancy Tribunal, they are allowed to interpret the Residential Tenancies Act, and that can be different for each adjudicator. Now, there are 53 Tenancy Tribunal adjudicators around New Zealand, and so some of them will you know, take a wider or broader view of the Residential Tenancies Act compared to others. So, Andrew, how did they manage to say that the tenant can have pets? So the maximum bond that you can take is four weeks. So you can't put in your tenancy agreement that you're going to take eight weeks because it goes against the law and the tenant can't sign away any of their rights by making an agreement with you. Yeah, that's where I think the adjudicator got it wrong or took a too expensive view of the laws. So the RTA, the Residential Tenancies Act, it doesn't explicitly give the right to a pet, right? It doesn't say tenants can have pets. And so they've taken a very expansive view of what tenants can do under the law. And they haven't said, well, this is the specific right that we're referring to in the Act. So effectively, they've said, well, if it doesn't say that a tenant can't do something in the Act, well, then they can't do that. And I think they've probably taken it a bit far. So some people will read this decision and say, well, does that mean that a tenant can have a pet and any pet that they want in there? And then there was another one that came up in January, Andrew. Tell us about this one. Yeah, so a landlord said no pets in the tenancy agreement. Now, the tenant actually lied and said she didn't have any pets, but she actually had a dog. Now, the tenancy tribunal said she could keep it, which I think is ridiculous because if you're a landlord and you've specifically said that, you think, well, it's my property, I should be able to rent it out with certain criteria. Now, this talked about the same part of the Act and said the same kind of things as the other adjudicator, 
and saying that weighing up everything, the tenant is worried about losing their pets so they can keep them. And that was actually a lot of the, the logic in the rulings when you read them. You know, they say, oh, well, it will be very distressing for the tenant in order to get rid of their pets. So under Section 11, they can't give away any of their rights. And so, no, you can keep it. But she lied. I agree with you, mm. right? And I think without specifying, well, which right are you specifically talking about? You know, which right has the tenant signed away with that clause? Well, they haven't mentioned it, but there was one that did mention it. Now, this is one that I saw property brokers talk about because it was one of their rentals. So there was a tenant, she had three kids. The tenancy agreement said no pets. Now, what had happened is she had two cats. And so they agreed with the property manager and the landlord, with the property investor, yep, you can have the cats. All good, but no other pets. Now, what had happened is the mother, she went and she found an abandoned puppy, and you know, on the street or whatever. And they thought, okay, we'll see if we can find the owner. No, we can't find the owner. And she thought, I know what we'll do. We'll keep it. And so they did all of the right things. They microchipped it, neutered the dog, and they had it. This is what's really interesting. They had it for two or three years. That's quite a long time. Before the property manager picked it up and said, wait a second, you're not allowed to have pets here. Now, this is a bit more of an interesting one that I want you to pay attention to because we've actually got some more detail about what's going through the adjudicator's head. So the tenant was saying, well, you know what? If we have to go, we will just go. You know, we will we'll find somewhere else because we are not giving up this puppy. We're either going to go or you're going to let us have it, which kind of admire in some ways. But what the adjudicator said is, okay, they can keep the dog as long as it lives outside only and as long as it lives in the part of the section that is fully fenced. But there were some things like the tenant's son had... I can't remember whether it was anxiety or, you know, there was, there was, some, there was something going on there. The, the dog was acting as a bit of an emotional support animal. That's what the, the tenant was claiming. And so they say you can keep it as long as it stays outside in this fully fenced section. And what section 11 really says is that if the tribunal is going to terminate a tenancy, it must be fair. It must be equitable. What they said in that situation was it would be unfair for us to terminate this tenancy on the basis of the no pets because they're a good owner, it could live outside, and it's acting as an emotional support animal. But this was a better case because they gave that more legal justification. And what they said is, look, under the Residential Tenancies Act, the tenant is allowed to have quiet enjoyment of the property. And what they said that means is that means that you get the full benefit of the premises. So in their view, they said, well, if you're going to have the full benefit of the property because you're paying rent, well, that means including having a pet in this specific instance. And so the good thing about that is we get some more justification or understanding of where the tribunal's head is potentially at. Now, Andrew, we're going through these as if we are on judge duty. Why do all of these details matter? Well, I think the biggest thing is if the tenancy tribunal aren't willing to recognise a no pet clause, then... You can't enforce it. So if you have a tenant that wants to have a pet, then I guess you just have to accept it. Well, if you can't enforce that specific clause, you can't stop your tenants from having pets. So you might side, side like, let's say you're the sort of person who's like, no pets. Now, I'm, I'm the sort of property investor, I know you are as well, Andrew, who's a bit more like open to it and saying, well, you know, like if a tenant wants a pet, they already have to make sure the pet doesn't cause damage. You know, we've already got a bond there. You know, there are some protections in place, so go for it. They might stay longer as long as it's not like a pit bull in an apartment or something along those lines. But if you can't legally use or can't legally enforce no pet clauses, then there's not much you can do. 
and I suppose that leads to a really good question as well. Can you still legally use a no pet clause? And the answer is it's a really grey area. Now, we might get some more clarity. We mentioned just before that the government's introducing pet bonds. So they might make an amendment to the Residential Tenancies Act that says you either can have pets or no, you can't have pets. I think right now you can put them in there. If you are someone who really doesn't want pets in your rental property, you still can put a no pets clause in there, but they may be overruled at the Tenancy Tribunal. And I think that leads to a really good question, Andrew, which is if somebody is really worried about having a pet in their rental property, what should they do? So I think you can advertise the property and say no pets allowed and then just choose someone who doesn't have a pet at the moment. But just be aware that if you bring someone in and you put a no pet clause in the agreement, it might not be enforceable, so you might end up with one anyway. But by eliminating some of those people in the first place, maybe you've got a better chance of not having that become an issue. Or the other thing you could do is specify the type of pets that would and wouldn't be allowed. For example, you might say, hey, I'm, I'm going to allow a cat, but I'm not going to allow a dog. I'm going to allow a maximum of one. Yeah, or you might specify like the size of pet. Hey, you can have something small. Like if you're in an apartment, like something like a goldfish is a pet. Like sweet, fine, you can have a goldfish. The guinea pigs, small, fine. Like we can define those. But maybe saying something like a small pet, a medium-sized pet, no large pets, for example, things like a Rottweiler or something along those lines. My feeling is something like that is going to add some more protection in. Because if we look at the property broker's example where they had the abandoned puppy, what the tribunal ended up coming back with is what I think is quite reasonable. Hey, you can have a pet, but it's got to stay outside. You know, it's all allowed inside the property. It's got to be within this fully fenced section. It can't annoy the neighbours, those kinds of things. So maybe coming to a bit more of a, a reasonable agreement about what you can and can't do, that's something to think about and definitely something to talk about with your property manager. And I think there is going to be more of this as we get pet bonds in, once that comes in through the current government. But remember, you're also going to be able to use your get-out-of-jail-free card, which is your 90-day no-cause termination. So once the law gets an update, if there is somebody with a pet who has lied to you, like these cases we've talked about recently, landlord couldn't do anything, property investor couldn't do anything, because you can't just end a tenancy for no reason. Soon you will be able to do that, so that can be a little bit more if you get out of jail free card. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And if you're like Grace and have a question for us, send it in. Flick it through on Instagram. We are at opus underscore partners, where you can always email me personally with your podcast topics, editopuspartners.co.nz. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Tim McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most. Zealand property market. Until next time.